0: Before we get started on Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine, we'd like to tell you about the Miracle Moments Luncheon to benefit Easter Seals UCP Port Health. Earfluence, which produces this podcast, is a proud sponsor, and we'd like you to join us May first, twenty twenty four, at eleven thirty Eastern Time at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary. This event helps raise funds and awareness for the life changing direct services provided to more than forty thousand children, adults, and families living with disabilities, mental health, and substance challenges so they can live their best lives. We'll put more information on Easter Seals and the luncheon in the show notes, but again, that's Wednesday, May 1st at 1130 at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary, and we hope to see you there.
1: Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, microbatch bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit oldraleydistillery.com follow on instagram facebook and youtube at old raleigh distillery for exclusive updates and behind the scenes content old raleigh distillery where every
0: sip tells a story i prefer the evening events because i feel like that one drink is where (laughs) you think i'm an extrovert some people are born in their own skin
1: right they love who they are from the moment they're born and they grow you know they own the room no matter when some of us grow into that and you know some people don't find that until they're in their 30s or 40s or whenever you're listening to office talk with raleigh magazine i'm your host gina stevens you may know raleigh magazine but what you may not know is how we get our stories it's all inside baseball. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. RMO is telling stories no one else is telling. So this podcast is where you get the inside access to stories you won't read anywhere else. So let's dive into some of Raleigh Magazine's biggest stories. Even in our current office climate, people below retirement age spend more time with their co-workers than anyone else. Whether that's in the office, planned retreats, or via social platforms, So naturally, you may think you know your colleagues and employees pretty well, or do you? And how do you use that knowledge? With me today to talk about who really works for you and why it matters (laughs) is Editor-in-Chief Melissa Hausam.
0: I love the backstory on this one because you and I often joke that we're like married in the business sense, you know, thick as thieves, and so... Uh, we know a lot about each other, obviously, and we spend a lot of time together. But I shocked you recently, and it got us talking. Yeah. I call you my work wife, work husband. Yeah. Yeah. Um, i for work wife, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Apparently, you're an introvert. Facts. Had no idea. <laughs> I mean, mind blown. I really cannot imagine if someone said to me, what's it like to have an introvert or an extrovert – editor, I would have gone, well, I've had three extroverts and one introvert. Nope. (laughs) And and it really is a funny story on how this happened. I mean, we were at the Greater Raleigh Convention and Visitors Bureau annual meeting in August. Fletcher Theater, 9 a.m. I'm ramped up. I'm there early. (laughs) I'm parked. I've already had two cups of coffee. I love this kind of stuff. I love networking. I love being around people. We grab coffee. Melissa's moving kind of slow. (laughs) It was she's dragging her feet because the actual presentation doesn't start till ten. And I'm like, okay, let's go talk to people. And so we get in there, and I think, okay, well, she just needs a cup of coffee. And we're we're mingling, and we start talking to Matt Smith, one of our favorite people, podcast regular, podcast listener, and um, VP at Wake Tech.
0: Yes. So first of all, uh, let me preface this by saying I'm also just not a morning person. Um, I'm not unhappy in the morning. I just like, it takes me a while and to wake up, I guess. And then, you know, you come into this event and it's just teeming with people. Like, I feel like we we're getting there early and it was already booming. Anyway, we are talking to Matt, who I adore, and he's, you know, just easy to talk to for everyone. I think um, he's a people person. And so while we're talking to him, so your typical 9 a.m. fodder, apparently, he's like, you know, what kind of people do you usually date? <laughs> it's a super yeah. funny I'm conversation. Like, where are you going at breakfast. 9 a.m.? Um, but like, do you date introverts? You know? And so when he said that, we both dramatically reacted, no, no, at the same time. Like it was almost scripted, like, no. And so I thought we were on the same page. Um, but then I elaborated and said, no, because I am an introvert. And Gina <laughs> like whips around like a full circle, and looks at me like I have 12 heads, like we've never met.
1: No, I was shocked because <laughs> Melissa, when I'm around Melissa um, at the office, life of the party, always <laughs> cracking jokes, funny, outgoing, I don't see the shy, introverted side. And so Matt really thought this was fascinating. That I, I mean, he knew it was genuine that I was shocked. And he's like, so he says to you, about these events.
0: Yeah, so he's like, okay, okay, let me get to the bottom of this because he can tell that Gina's so shocked. He's like, so wait, we're surrounded by masses of people right now. Are you gaining energy from this, or will this ultimately drain you? And I was like, oh, I love this question. That was a very smart question. And I was like, I am, I guess, like gaining energy in this moment, but I will need to recharge. And Matt was so funny. Both of you were like, what? He was like, I'm gaining energy by the second I am thriving, and you were the same way. I get all my mojo
1: from being around people. I absolutely hated working from home during COVID and didn't. I have an office at home, even when no one's there, no kids, no dog, no nothing. I still don't want to be at home. I don't like working from home alone. I like being around people. Yeah. It's very depressing.
0: I will say that, like, when I'm at home, I do feel—I've thought so much more about this since you said that. I do feel like my energy never reaches the level it reaches on the days I come to the office. I will just also say that my productivity level <laughs> when I'm at home is, like, multiplied. <laughs> but but it's good because we collaborate a lot. So it's good to have both. And But I do notice, like, a huge positive difference in my mood on the days I'm in the office. Sure. And, like, how awake and energized I feel. So— I think, you know, it all plays into, like, where you get your energy from but and needing to recharge.
1: Oh, but. I can tell stories of going home, you know, having events. I'm known for double and triple booking on nights and trying to hit <laughs> yes, all three. And on the rare it's night— It's your beige flag. It is my beige flag. <laughs> that and texting on the way when I haven't left the office yet, I confess. Um, but— I have gone home and literally sat down on the sofa and going to watch the news or something. And I thought, what am I doing? My kids aren't even home. Why am I here? And I will get dressed and go back out to a function just because I'm happier when I'm out and about. Now, that doesn't help with all the chores I need to do at home. Right.
0: right. But But it's funny. So that day— you know, we left that event, and we went—well, we came to do podcasts. We did. And then we went separate directions, and then we met back at the office, and I had a couple hours, and then we regrouped. And I was like, were you—like, did I imagine this? Were you actually surprised? Yeah.
1: I mean, we did. We sat down and had a little conversation about it because I thought, well, there's part of her that's just playing along with Matt or that this isn't really— because, But I, because—but I do see it now. Generally, years ago when I started in this business— I thought, well, of course, you're a writer. You interview people. No. Just because you interview someone and you can talk one-on-one with someone, and yes, some of it's in person, but a lot of it is, whether it's Zoom or on a phone call, and you get to know that person, you're never really face, not all the time face-to-face with them. And so it started to really become clear, I had misread you.
0: I have a good poker face, I guess. You have a better poker face than
1: I do, for sure.
0: No one else in my life would think I have a good poker face. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, but it was it, it is interesting because sometimes because of the jobs we have and we're out so much that you can—and this became kind of clear for me, not about you, but about the staff— A couple of years ago, I was on on the board of an organization and we had worked all, we had worked for a year and a half, put together this big state of Midtown MRA event. And we were a sponsor and everybody that we talked about on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. from the mayor and the city council to the police chief, to leaders of all industry were in the room. And I look over and my editorial team is crowded around a cocktail table. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I wasn't upset, but I was like, okay, what's going on? Because I had really not prefaced it with, okay, these are the people we've been talking about and you interview, now put a face with a name and keep fostering those relationships. But that's not a really comfortable situation for everybody. I've been doing it so long, and after the years of working in television and in sales, and you have to be willing to talk to a tree— if you're in sales, I didn't really think through that until the last couple of years.
0: Yeah. So that, that event was, um, a little over two years ago and it was a massive event. And, you know, I remember it very clearly, like you were, you had put a lot into it and, um, you had, Liz, our creative director had done a lot of, um, creative for it. And I don't remember there being a lot of conversation, beforehand about mm-hmm. how we were going to engage or interact or be. And um, I don't know, and I don't want to speak for anyone else, like I don't know if people thought they were just guests, you know, as <laughs> opposed to like part of this team that that could use its network or that we were, or, or whether we were working. And those are all three very different things. But, you know, this did trigger something for us. You know, we, we talked a lot about as a team after that, and you and I talked a lot about, you know, um, the way that, like not missing opportunities and what are these events for. And like certainly now we're always clear no matter what we're doing, whether something is, whether we're working or whether it's like, okay, no, this is for fun. Like when we went to good nights. Yeah. That was for fun.
1: And and know? I wasn't upset with anyone. So don't misconstrue it. But it oh, was no, more no, it was more no. of a teaching moment for yeah. me because I looked around and some of the salespeople were out working the room. Well that's right. what they do. They're they they're earning their key, earning their money. Right. And and so, but it But I also, along the same timeline, you and I talked about this, I interviewed Ford Fry, um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: whose restaurant's at Fenton.
0: Yep. And he has a a bunch of popular restaurants in Atlanta. Yes. And he extended here.
1: He flew into town. We taped a podcast with him. And and I really found him to be fascinating because he basically has Ford Fry University. I mean, he has so many restaurants over four or five states that— When he hires someone, they fly them into Atlanta and they go through this Mm -hmm. little training program. And he said, but I hire people and I recognize what their strengths are and then let them do that as opposed to trying to push them and stretch them into something they're not.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, We talk about that podcast all the time. And that really was sort of the eureka moment that came out of what I think started in MRA and then um, leading into that podcast. And you know, you were already thinking about that a lot. And then you and he had such a, I think, brilliant conversation about that. And hearing it outside of our office, like listening to the podcast and thinking about that from a hospitality standpoint, from the magazine standpoint, it works across all industries. Mm-hmm. You know, like lean into people's strengths. I think as, you know, a person who is a boss myself, obviously you are too. I think sometimes we can get caught up in wanting our, I'll speak for myself, in wanting my team to grow. Mm -hmm. and wanting to force them out of their comfort zone to grow on their weaknesses. But while that is still a valuable thing to do, because you don't want anybody to be just so niched that they're not, you know, growing, I do think that was such an epiphany to hear you guys talk about you have a whole team. You don't just have one person. So it does make a lot of sense to lean into their strengths. And so when you segue that into, in this case, you know, for us, there's a lot of public events. We throw events, we attend events. So whether we're throwing best restaurants or best bars or the women shaping Raleigh, you know, with the mayor and the city leaders or, or whether we're, you know, at an event like visit Raleigh or state of downtown or whether we're just out in public, you know, we represent a very public brand. And then we're also constantly interviewing very important people. I mean, I just had a 45 minute phone call with Miriam Baldwin the other day, you know, and so you get familiar with these people, you know, there's always a Mm -hmm. first conversation. And then the longer you're in these positions, the more you grow a comfort. But that was something that you and I just talked about that you have to be careful with, because especially as journalists, you know, you can't. You can be friends, you want to be friends, but you can't let it cloud your judgment, No, you know, and you still have to remain professional. And listen, I prefer that evening events because I feel like that one drink is where (laughs) you think I'm an extrovert. Um, I've quickly learned that past two drinks, maybe I might get in trouble. But um, obviously we have a two drink rule, which is important. But but yeah, I mean, I, I think morning events... That that they are harder for me. I'm not drinking out. Well, you know, I don't have anything to take the edge off and like loosen up. And I
1: also think that you know um, we've figured out we have a we have a wide age span of employees. Yes. I mean, from early twenties to sixties, maybe yeah, somewhere in there. And yeah. so and and a good portion of it is a you know in their twenties and early thirties and haven't had a lot of professional experience. Beyond, you know, us and school and and a few other small jobs. Mm -hmm. And so I I do think it is, while I think it's important not to push people beyond their comfort zone, I think what I have figured out about our team is that when they have purpose or a funk, you know, so when we're at our events, we do a run of show and we assign sort of specific roles to people. And it's really easy to match people up with someone who has, you know, sales with editorial. And so the, the two matched up together. One's got a bigger personality than the other, or one knows more of the industry people that are coming. Um, but I think when it's like, when we give them a specific task, like, really, I'd love for you to spend time getting to know this group of people, our team is fabulous.
0: Mm-hmm. I want to say I almost want to pick on you a little bit because I think for a lot of things like like coming to the podcast, you like to fly by the seat of your pants, and it's good. I think it makes for good yeah. shows. But when it comes to these events, Mm-mm. y'all, her show, her show flows or her run of shows are like military. <laughs> they are too, they are, very, but in a good way. It gives everybody a specific task. Has very clear timestamps, and I think it keeps us all on track and makes us successful. And I think coming off the best restaurants event, I think that everybody was using the smartest way, like. You know, you and you're presenting the awards, and I'm up there with you. So it makes sense for me to set up the awards table. And whereas, like maybe that's something two years ago, I'm not sure I would have put as much thought into personally. Um, Lauren, you, Lauren's always at the the door, the the welcome person. Um she's a second point of entry now but she's checking off the guest list. She used to think that that was something she was having to do because she started with us as an intern. She
1: thought I was low man on the totem yeah, pole job and it wasn't.
0: Not at all. It's actually quite the opposite. Like you're really I trusted her. Yeah. You're getting to be the person that welcomes these people here. We trust you're going to recognize them. We trust they're not going to have to say like I'm Scott Crawford, you know, he shouldn't <laughs> have to do that, you know. And so um and with her now we're pairing in a best so she can learn from that. And right. I think that's great for her. And then, of course, Debbie and Cam working the room, um, me and you working the room. you know. And, and it's just like you know having new team members. We had Heidi there this time with us. And it was really interesting to see how she learned in the event and how she pre- um, carried herself. Right. And I think that goes to the way you set up the event and how much attention you've paid to, okay, how can I use my team's skill set? They all have different skills. And we were talking earlier about the sales team. Um, and what was the phrase you said your dad your dad oh, had?
1: My dad used to say if you can if you can sell sell eyes to Eskimos. Yeah. And he wasn't he was saying a good salesperson can sell anything. Yeah. And I I, I think you have to believe in the product and I have to think you have to be confident. But I think if you have those skills, your dad would be somebody who would say the same thing. You're <laughs> right.
0: He uh, says sell the shit off shoes. <laughs> 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 but yeah. I love that because I think what it's speaking to is like a charm. charisma that people have that they can connect to people. But, you know, in the larger scheme of things, like, I think we all have jobs that require us to meet and collaborate. You made a point, and and I'll own it.
1: I'm not good. I'm I'm working on it and trying to get better. But I don't fly by the sea. If if I have to, to public speak in front of a room full of 200 people, If I know the material and I have a game plan, I am fine. I don't get nervous. I don't think about it. I know most of the people in the room. But if all of a sudden you walked up to me and said, oh, I need you to welcome this crowd of 200 and you need to talk about this, this, and this, because I haven't thought it through in my own mind and organized it, I probably would be more nervous. And so I like a well-oiled machine when it comes to an event. Oh, I don't. I don't know if it— There are people, though, that are so good at it. You could throw somebody into my position who is, can roll with it. Matt Smith. I'm pretty sure I could throw Matt on the yeah. stage to run my event, and he probably could announce every award and never break a sweat. But—
0: Maybe, it, but he may also just, you know, like, it's interesting because talking to him, like, outside of this, like, getting to know him personally— he strikes me as the kind of person who's always amped up, always ready to go, has so much energy. You know, it's inspiring to me. I'm like, how do you have more energy? Like, I I need your energy. But I think that's part of his persona. Like, he, it's, I don't want to say it's an act because it's not an act. But what I mean is, like, we're not seeing whatever, maybe he doesn't feel good, or maybe he is tired, but you're not seeing that, you know? And my granddad used to always say that. He used to say, be the last one be the last one at the party and the first one in the boardroom. Yes. And um, I think that's kind of, you know, what that all speaks to. But I also wanted to go back to what you were saying about the event um, and just the setup. Maybe part of the reason why you didn't know that I was an introvert, besides also introverts can one-on-one be very friendly and talk your ear mm-hmm. off, which is what yeah. you get from me a lot, right? But on the other side of that, um, I think that if – I can only, I don't know how other people feel, but I think when I feel like I've been put in a position where I'm not familiar, I get anxiety, um, social anxiety, obviously. And so um, I think because you run the events the way you do and we all have a very clear purpose, then I've never, it's like, okay, this is my task. And even, you know, Monday at the party, you're like, okay, everybody dispersed. And like my next job after the awards table was to go talk to people. Um, I don't even think you know this. I, there was somebody from one of the restaurants there by themselves. They were waiting for their team, so I walked up to her, and uh, she was kind of embarrassed. I think that I walked up to her like maybe I. I think her immediate thinking was because like, she said my team will be here soon. Like she didn't want me to feel sorry for her, oh. and I was like, oh no, I just I'm saying hello to everybody. Because I didn't want that. That wasn't the reason I walked up to her. I didn't feel sorry for her at all. So um, it was just interesting. Like, we stood there and talked for a minute, and I could tell she was nervous and and kind of, like, shell-shocked. And so I think everybody's always worried about how they feel. Right. And nobody else is worried about how you feel. They're always going to be worried about how they feel. And that's one of the reasons. Like, the more you grow up in this industry and the more connections you have and the more experiences you have, like, you just kind of remember, like, nobody cares what you're wearing as long as you're not, like, naked. You know, like, please just, you know, just don't do the wrong thing, right? Like,
1: And and this is far off the introvert-extrovert conversation, but you do have—some people are born in their own skin, right? They're born. They love who they are from the moment they're born and they grow—you know, they own the room no matter when. Some of us grow into that, and, you know, some people don't find that until they're in their 30s or 40s or whatever. And I think you, you know, you have to kind of get comfortable with who you are and— you know, I don't really give a shit if somebody else doesn't like me. Not disrespectfully, but yeah. you have to get to a point that you feel okay with that. But you told me a story about being thrown into something about flying to Atlanta. Oh, God. You ha- This is the craziest story. I might have quit this job if that had been me.
0: So she didn't know this till the day. And I, and I actually, after her reaction, I was like, I should have just waited and told you this on air. Mm-hmm. But so I— um. Launched a magazine years and years ago as editor, and um, but I was working remote, and so I was technically uh, in the Atlanta office, but I only knew my coworkers through, you know, Zoom, phone, social, whatever. I'd never met them. On top of that, we launched a publication that had some editorial content. So for people that don't know what that means, it means that like the stuff we don't do. We yeah, probably magazine does not do it, but it means that. It may appear as an editorial story, but the person you were writing about was allowed to provide some feedback on what it they how they wanted it to read. Right. So it means there's money involved basically. So here we are going to this launch party and it was a wellness based magazine. So it was some of the top surgeons and doctors in Atlanta. And uh, it was at Truist Field, which is this really swank and it was new at the time, it was really swank. And um, you know, it's it was a a luxury company. So everybody's just dressed to the nine. So This starts out bad. My Uber gets lost. Um, She didn't have AC. It was August in Atlanta. It was over 100 degrees. I was dressed in like fine dining kind of cocktail attire. I was very stressed out. I had family that had flown into the event that were going separately. Um, I was meeting all my coworkers for the first time and all of these top brass medical people. And here I am in this like piece of shit Honda with no AC <laughs> in Atlanta in August lost. Okay. And I can't help like at it's least smelling Raleigh, like cigarette
1: smoke. Go ahead. Oh yeah. She that. was
0: smoking. Oh, oh. And, oh, I didn't tell you this part. And she had a passenger, which oh. is like, I think Uber illegal and, um, had spilled a drink in the back. And so I was like trying not to get my Can dress. Can you
1: imagine wet. showing up to do that? And it I gets di- worse folks.
0: And I didn't, no, because I'm in Atlanta. I didn't want to be like, "Can you pull over and let me get another Uber?" Like, I'm not home, you know. So anyway, I should just have my my parents had flown in. I should just had them drive me. But right. anyway, I didn't want this was me being proud. I did not want to show up with my parents. Right. I wanted to show up on my own. And they like beat me and didn't smell like smoke and they weren't sweating. But anyway, so I get there and um, the the publisher, you know, who I'd worked with for seven years, but I had never met. She and the associate publisher and I meet, and she says, "Um, so you're going to give a speech? And this is in like 20 minutes. And I was like, "Uh, what? And, I mean, I have mixed feelings about public speaking. Obviously, in this situation, I was horrified. I did also used to be a coach and a teacher, so you get over it. But, like, you don't get over it at a bougie event in a room full of people you don't know, like representing a company. So right. anyway, she says, you're going to give a speech. And I was like, nope, no, I'm not. <laughs> and this is where my poker face was not on. I was like, I can't. And then I was so pissed because I flew there. I could have written it on the plane. Right. You know, I could have written it at you home. You had
1: weeks to Oh, yeah. To I prepare. mean, this
0: event was planned for months and months. It was the launch of the magazine. And so anyway, she. I asked her why she didn't tell me. And she said, because I knew it would keep you up at night, which is funny because you said something like that recently I, I, to me. I, I'm actually surprised that she would have known me that well. I didn't—I did work closely with her on the publication of that magazine, but the associate publisher, it was her baby. It was my and hers baby. So, like, I still to this day feel like that was just a off-the-cuff comment to, to like, she just didn't think to tell me and she wanted an out. But anyway, uh, we had twenty minutes. The associate publisher and I sat in a quiet banquet room, and I wrote Thank a speech know. and gave it, uh, and everybody I, the loved writing it, part of
1: it you could do with with your eyes closed and one hand tied behind oh, your I back. That, that part, but. but I see, I I uh, chaired the MRA, uh, Midtown Raleigh Alliance for a couple of years early on, several years ago, and very often I was told I didn't have a speaking part and then at the last minute told, oh, I need you to welcome or I need you to do this. And obviously, professional adults can do that. And I can. I don't like doing it on the fly. I like being prepared. But we, um, we've we just started videotaping podcasts. <laughs> and so when Thank we taped a couple of weeks ago- <laughs> I decided not to tell Melissa that we were going to videotape oh, it. it because I was like, <laughs> she's going to stress over what to wear and her hair. And all. and it was like, you know what? This is supposed to be just us having a conversation. So yeah. we get here, and she goes, you didn't tell me. And I'm like, nope. So, you know— I, but i would not have wanted you to speak in front of 200 people and not told you.
0: Well, and in your defense, we had an event that morning, so you knew i was already going to be dressed be professionally dressed. Yeah. and everything like that. So, but it is i and you were right. I would have been so much more stressed out and it didn't turn out that the video part didn't matter. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. shout out. To,
1: well, now that you've heard all this, <laughs> Raleigh Magazine is hosting its first public ticketed <laughs> event. And it's going to be swanky and cool. And the neatest thing, it is November 18th. It's called the Cocktail Classic. Every year in February, we announce the Best Bars and Best Bartender. And so this year in November, as voting opens for Best Bartender, we're going to host this um, huge tent, chandelier, 5 to 9 p.m. on November 18th. That's Saturday where each of the 10 bartender nominees has their own separate bar with a classic cocktail. So think Negroni's, Mm -hmm. Martinis, Gimlet's, tons of food. And then we're in partnership with Killjoy. And so you'll go outside the tent and weave your way into Killjoy for a sort of layered experience. Um, And you'll be able to reserve your seat at the bar to watch your favorite bartender Do work their magic. Yeah.
0: The the last part you mentioned is for this first-come, 1st serve basis where it's open to anyone who has a ticket, but it's whoever. When you you
1: arrive at the event, they'll ask you if you'd like to reserve a seat at the bar. There are only 15-seated, 15-standing,
0: and so— And it's, what, every 30 minutes? Yeah, every 30
1: to 40 minutes, the bartender will change, but you'll you'll be able to try all 10 cocktails, unlimited, didn't say that.
0: That's what I was going to say.
1: All the food for hours music. and music. And then at 9 o'clock when the event's over, there'll be an after party at Killjoy that's open to the public, but also to ticketed um, guests if they're still
0: yes open to staying. So I will say, like, I know you guys hear us talk about our parties all the time, but there are these closed events for restaurateurs or, or bar owners or whatever. And we always tell you we throw a great party and we're not bluffing. So yeah. I think that you know, (laughs) this is easily going to be the event of the year. And I don't, we've been to events that that technically have, and I'm not going to call any out, but technically have like unlimited drinks and food, but it's like a sip of a drink or whatever. This is not that. Like this is, you know, take a lift, get a ride, walk, whatever, come, you know. And And just, I think to be in a room with what will be the 10 nominated best bartenders of the year, for them to be challenged to do a riff on a classic and, You know, see, I think that we're trying to figure this out, but it'll be really fun to do some kind of like a people's choice. We are going to you're going to get a you're going to
1: get a vote when you walk in, and that before the end of the night, that won't count toward the actual trophy in February, but it will be a people's choice award for that night. Yeah, but she's right. We go to all kinds of events, and it's you know, I don't want to call out names, but it's you know, a sip of this or you know, a, a tiny glass of that. This mm-hmm. is full food. This is full drink. It's really a good event. And 100 tickets went on sale yesterday, or actually a couple of weeks ago. Um, by the at, time you uh, hear this. By yeah. the time you hear it, for $125. Um, tickets will go up starting October 1 for a little bit. But that's unlimited drink and eat for four hours and entertainment And um, a little bit of swag as you're leaving. So it's going to be a fun night. It's
0: definitely going to be fun. And
1: if we have our way, I'll go ahead and tell you, it's not not solid yet, but we're hoping to every guest will get an Uber code who buys a ticket that we're going to make it super safe to get there and get home.
0: I love that. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it really is something that you it's just a can't miss.
1: (laughs) Well, and, and part of this comes out of the fact that, you know, we don't really have, you've got Charleston Wine and Food, you've got Atlanta's, you know, magazine does their whiskey festival.
0: Greenville's Uh, got Euphoria. Yeah. Yeah.
1: LA does a bourbon festival, LA Magazine. And so my ultimate goal is that this turns into a three-day event where it's, you know, whiskey and cigars on Friday night and cocktails on Saturday and Sunday, is brunch with Bloody Marys. And so it's, you can buy all three days, you can buy, but you have to start I'm definitely going to
0: need to recharge after all that. You will.
1: <laughs> You'll need your own recharging station. You know, it's funny. My daughter is, I have four kids, and I would say one of them is more like me, gets their mojo from being around people and gets their energy, and the other three are kind of the other way. Wait, can the, I guess which one? Well, it's easy. Which one is like me?
0: Well, hold on. Maybe I'm wrong. Keep talking.
1: Yeah, it's Sam. <laughs> Sam. Uh, it, oh, that's what I was yeah, going to say. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's got, he's got <laughs> the, the salesman personality. The look personality. on your face threw me off. Okay. But, yeah, but Sam. Hayden, my daughter, calls it. She goes, her so her social battery runs down. Her mm-hmm. battery needs recharging, which I'm sure is a very common phrase, but I just wasn't familiar with it.
0: When, whenever we were trying to remember what she said, she said social battery. I was like, yes, that's it. And then I was like, oh, you're an ambivert. And she was like, "I've never heard that." And I'm like, "Google it." And so that also came up with Matt that Matt that day when he when we were joking about me being an introvert. I was like, I re- "There's a there's a term that's been coined in the last couple of years, that is there's the there's the painfully shy introverts. I am clearly not that. And then there's like the wild and out extroverts. You might be that. <laughs> but Matt and our brother are there are ambiverts who can go into social situations and once. They become mm-hmm. comfortable, like, yes. get energy from that, which I think I do, hence being able to to be in these sort of public roles. Um, but then what happens after that? Like, you've always just thought that I went too hard, like I was saying oh, before, yeah. whereas I was, I just think I eventually will lose energy, even if it's my family. Oh, like, yeah. I can have family visit for the weekend, and at the end of the weekend, we can have had no alcohol. We can just be hanging out and playing games, and by Sunday, I feel like I, like, binge drank for two days. Yeah. I just eventually will, yeah, the battery runs out. So, but then, you know, two days later, I'm ready to go. So, have you seen that meme on the internet that's like, I wish I was who I was the night I made these plans (laughs) 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 because now I just want to be on my couch or vice versa? Yeah. So, the night you're, I've made a couch night. Remember, you're
1: talking to the person who triple books and double books most nights. And I'm like, okay, how do I hit all three events? Oh, and I have kids too. So, yeah.
0: But I think there's something to be, you know, for if you're listening to this and you're like, what the hell does this have to do with me? I think that everybody who works in a company works with the team. And I think, like, you were talking earlier about how do, you, how do you take something away from this? How do you navigate, you know, your team? How do you lean into their strengths? Whether you're talking about a meeting, you know, for our meetings, you very long ago figured out, okay, the way to get people to start talking is to say, like, what's everybody talking about? Mm-hmm. You know, it just breaks the ice. People's friends and family are always talking about something, you know. And so whatever that means, you know, and, and if you know you have an introvert on your team, well, then there might be some task that's quiet for them that they would be great at. So, well,
1: And I also think I know what makes me feel more confident in a situation is knowing, having someone to talk to. And so very often all it takes with you is... The introduction or with somebody on the team yes. is making that personal introduction and going, remember, you talked to this person, you did an interview, yes. it might have been on Zoom or phone or whatever. And and then it's like, oh, we have something immediate to talk about. That I'm changes I'm glad you things. said
0: that. I have a friend that when she throws a party, you do this too. You do mm-hmm. this at your parties, your personal parties, well, and at work, but- I have a friend that when she also throws a party, it's like, oh, you know, this is Melissa. She's the editor of Raleigh Magazine, and then this is this person, and you would have crossed paths here, or you both grew up here, or you both like this restaurant, and there's an immediate something to talk about.
1: I also have a rule that when I have a party, I never invite anyone who only knows me, because then Mm -hmm. I feel when I see that person sitting in the corner and they don't know anyone else, I'm immediately unhappy for them, and and I'm unhappy for me because I feel pressured to entertain them. So if, if you know, when we invited your parents to mm-hmm. the derby party, the first we made sure the year. first year, we didn't invite somebody else they know. And, and so I feel like everybody should have multiple people.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I saw that play out that night. I think they just stuck with each other. Whereas this year at the derby party, they, they were like everybody. social butterflies. It was yeah. amazing.
1: So a couple of quick questions. I, obviously, I learned something about you that surprised me. And there are a few other things. <laughs> But, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I guess, is there anything this reversed that you've learned about me?
0: I think it surprised you that this surprised me in the same way that it surprised me that <laughs> okay. you were surprised that I was an introvert. That was a lot to unpack. But you said through all this that you lose energy when you go home. And that makes perfect sense to me now. But when you first said it, it blew my mind. Like it didn't. In the same way, I think it blew your mind when I said I was an introvert. I just never thought about it. I knew you were a social butterfly. I knew you thrive in social settings, and you can definitely sell the shit off shoes. But I just didn't—I don't think I realized that if you went home, you didn't, like, need that time to recharge, or you didn't regain anything from that. You felt like you were losing something. And it's just really fascinating, like how people work, you yeah. know, and where they get their energy from.
1: Well, and I also, and, and regardless of whether you have employees or friends or if you have children, understanding their personalities mm-hmm. and recognizing it will make every relationship more successful. Absolutely. Cheers. Cheers. This has been Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I hope after hanging out with us, you feel more like a Raleigh insider. You can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. This podcast was edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon. want more of raleigh magazine in between issues visit raleighmag.com and subscribe to our newsletters they come out tuesday thursday and friday five minute read keeps you up to date and especially on friday dish on this where to eat where to drink what to do this weekend subscribe for free at raleighmag.com